0: You're listening to City Church Long Beach Sermons. Visit us at citychurchlongbeach.org. Be comfortable. Uh, if I haven't had a chance to meet you yet somehow, my name is Brenna Rubio, and I'm one of the co-pastors here at City Church of Long Beach. And it's really good to be here this Sunday with all of you here in person, and I know we've got a good crew on Zoom as well, and uh, we just appreciate getting to be with you in both of those settings. Hey, I just wanna name what, uh, what is real, this morning, which is this morning in our big overall culture, we celebrate Mother's Day. And that actually, for many of us, actually has some complicated feelings that come with it. So this morning, some of you may be coming in and it's a super sweet day. And some of you may be coming in and it's a really hard day. Some of you it's kind of mixed, some of you it's whatever, it's just a normal Sunday all of those things are actually fine you may be celebrating mother's day today you may be celebrating adult who loves me day which is apparently this like new thing anyway i I think it's kind of brilliant you may not be celebrating at all might just be a normal sunday what we want you to know is that we are excited you're here whatever it is you're bringing in today we are glad to be your church and we are glad that you are here today with us Um, we think it is going to be a good day so especially for those of you who are here in person and if you're new i want to make sure you know where the bathrooms are because it's hard to be comfortable in a place if you don't know where the bathrooms are there is one that's right inside the auditorium doors here up the stairs to the left, and a couple others over here on, on the corner this direction. So if you need the restroom, uh, that is where that will be. Uh, and yeah, we're just, you know, at City Church, we try to be a radically welcoming community on the journey towards Jesus, joining him in the renewal of all things. And we hope that is what you get to experience uh, this morning. And um, Emma, our friend Emma, I think is going to come up and pray for the kids. Uh, we are going to, we love our kids around here at City Church, and so we're going to offer them a chance uh, to to go and do a special craft and story this morning, uh, and yeah, so Emma's going to pray before we get into the sermon. Yeah, and then... yeah.
1: okay. All good. Morning church, let's pray together. Mm. Holy one, we pray this morning for all the children here with us, all of the children who are our neighbors, and we pray this morning that they feel loved and held and cared for by the adults in their lives, and the adults in their community, including us. We pray that they feel loved and held and cared for by you their creator and divine parent. And in the warmth of that love, that they can grow and feel safe to be who they are in this world. And that today they could share that love with those who take care of them. Uh, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And yeah, so come with uh, me and Wendy over there if you'd like to, and we have some fun things to make.
2: Oh, it's a fun day it is a fun day welcome friends i am bill white i'm the other co-pastor here and it is great to be with you and megan williams wherever you are uh where'd she go there she is come on up megan williams this is megan williams our co-preacher today Uh, megan is a therapist and a professor um, amongst many other hats that, uh, that she wears, including one of, uh, one of our board members. So. Uh, so we are in this sermon series called Complicated Jesus. And we're calling it Complicated Jesus because real relationships are messy, and when you try to relate to Jesus, it's messy. It, it just is. Uh, last week, we talked about a super hard passage where we're like, Jesus, what are you talking about? Uh, this makes me angry and anxious, uh, and we're going to have some more of those moments coming up in the in the next few weeks while we look at some passages that are like, wow, that is, I, I don't know what to do with that, <laughs> right? Because relationships are complicated. People do things. People are things. They're like, wow, what? how do I manage this? Uh, today we're dipping into kind of the Jesus that, that I think some of us maybe grew up with, maybe some of us didn't. But it's the Jesus who is always there for us uh, when we reach for him. The Jesus who is always available to us. Um, and where sometimes what makes Jesus complicated is it's, that there are times when Jesus is not complicated. Right? When Jesus is just like, yes, that's Right? And uh, I think this might be one of those days. So uh, Raylene Pacheco is going to read scripture for us. If you'd welcome up Raylene. There you go. Thanks, friend. So, and we tend to stand around City Church when scripture's read, just in honor of the gift of having uh, God's word for us. So...
3: Luke 842 to 48, as Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. When they all denied, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, someone touched me. I know the power has gone out of me. Then the woman, seeing that she could, know, she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace.
2: People of God, this is the word of God.
0: Thanks be to God.
2: You may be seated.
3: So as Bill said... Um... Today's kind of the good news of the good and the bad news. And I'm so glad he asked me to preach on a good news day. Um, Because we're going to be talking about the gentleness of Jesus today. Um, We also are gonna gonna highlight through this scripture passage with this, we we technically call her sometimes the bleeding woman because she was unnamed um, in this story. We don't know much about her besides the fact that she had this ailment um, and she was bleeding for 12 years. She was menstruating for 12 years. Um, And what this story highlights and we're gonna talk about today is Jesus's values. Right, So if we're thinking about a complicated Jesus, the tough parts of Jesus that are hard for us to swallow or understand, we're really going to look at and explore his values today. Um, What he was like, the human parts of Jesus, and that has always been really attractive to me. I don't know about you, but to connect with the human parts of Jesus has always been really, really attractive. Um, My husband and I, when we were first married, we thought, what are the things that we want to pass down to our kids um, regarding the Bible? And we landed on, we want to tell them that Jesus was a really good guy, right? We want to tell them how special Jesus was. And this is one of the stories that really highlights that. Um, So Jesus was really popular and busy in this story. Everyone kind of wanted a piece of him. And he was actually on his way to a house to heal a young girl. Um, And so he was in the midst of a really busy and full crowd. Uh, A few weeks ago, we um, got passes to Knott's Berry Farm. I don't know if any of you have been to an amusement park recently. Yes, Knott's Berry Farm, not Disneyland. Um, And I I went right when they opened. And I was with my mother-in-law, and I had a stroller, and I had my three boys with me. And the crowd was pressing in because everyone had their eye on the prize, which was the front gate. And so everyone's pressing in. I can smell people around me. I can feel people around me, right? And everyone's kind of moving like like cattle a little bit. And I imagine that is what was going on this day in this crowd with Jesus. And I had my youngest boy with me and he's three. And I said, hold on to my pants, right? Just hold on to me and we're gonna make it into the front gate, right? And so as we're going, I feel that he is not holding on to me anymore. And he had touched the leg of another lady and was like, mom, mom. (laughs) And so this idea that when you're that close, you can't help but be touching each other, just like in this story this morning. Um, In Jesus's day, women were not highly regarded. In fact, not a lot of women were mentioned even in the Bible, and not a lot of them were mentioned as friends of Jesus either. This woman especially was regarded as unclean. So for 12 years, she had been on the outskirts of society. She had been marginalized. Um, People didn't want to be with her and people surely didn't want to touch her. So I could just imagine as I think about this woman's predicament, um, what it must have been like for her to be so alone, And to be so isolated for so long you know there's this thought that she was grasping for some significance when she when she reached out for jesus that day in a society that told her that she had none and i love this story particularly this was a story that i had said bill you got it you have to tell talk about this on one of the good jesus days right this is just one of the really good jesus moments because i in some really real ways can relate to this woman. I don't know about you, but I can relate to feeling like I don't have a lot of significance, not only societally, right, as a woman. I mean, I'm, I'm more of a privileged, in a, have been in a privileged position my whole life, but emotionally, I have felt very isolated for a lot of my life. And I think mental health plays into that for me. I think um, coming from a family that doesn't always value femininity, has played into that for me, Um, hasn't always honored my voice as a woman, has played into that for me. And so maybe a lot of us are on a journey to start to understand where we have a need or an ailment like the woman, that we're all on a journey to understand who are we in terms of gender gender identity? Who are we in our roles at work um, and what we do? Who are we as spouses or parents? I think that's been a big part um of my journey is to understand that significance well
2: and you had three boys too so there are a lot of boys in your life yeah
3: i i'm i'm outnumbered
2: yeah (laughs) you are seriously outnumbered but it's a journey that i mean we all have to go on this journey of figuring out who we are and what do we do with the the ailments inside of me i was just telling megan we took a walk through the neighborhood this morning and visited our community house which is here nearby and and I was telling her yesterday, we, Katie and I went on a hike with a, with a friend of ours, and she asked us the question. She said, how have you grown most in your marriage in the last 30 years? And Katie had, like, these super deep things to say, so I felt like I was kind of on the spot, you know? So I literally, I was like, oh, think of something deep. Like, how, <laughs> please tell me I've grown somehow, right? But I, I realized I, I have. I have. I, and so what I told her, and I, in some ways, it's a little bit like, this woman, a little bit, right? I mean, she's on the margins in so many more ways than I ever have been. But I grew up with a ton of anger in my life. And there have been so many times when I literally have sat down and prayed and said, God, I am so angry. Stop me being angry. I don't want to be angry. I don't want to be angry at whoever, at them, or at myself, or my kid, or whatever the world and God would not answer those prayers and I literally I prayed that for years and it's just been so hard to figure out like why wouldn't God answer that prayer and slowly over time God showed me that that the anger actually isn't the ailment that I I was just covering it over and that really on the inside I was just sad and I was using my anger to protect myself because it felt so much safer than being powerless. And it wasn't until I became powerless and I asked Jesus to touch me that there started to be some healing for both the sadness that was beneath and some of the anger that was on the surface. And here's this woman who recognizes that powerlessness so much more than someone like I do. Then she goes to Jesus. She, she pushes through that crowd, right? And the, the scripture says in verse 47, it says she could not go unnoticed. She couldn't go unnoticed because she was powerless and Jesus was nearby. And every time there's powerlessness, Jesus will notice. Every time. She could not go unnoticed. He, he had to see her, that's what he's all about. And today, that's, that's what Jesus is doing here now, right? Right today, he's, he's looking at us in those areas where we are just bleeding out. And you will not go unnoticed. You will not go unnoticed today. Uh, we had some friends over for dinner on Wednesday night, and uh, we were a few of us were sitting around the fire chatting. And, um, and, and I don't get this comment much. I think, I don't know why that is. Maybe it's because I'm kind of loud and maybe not the best listener. But, but uh, the, the one person was sharing, and I, I pointed out, I'm like, wow, you're, you're really remarkable this way. And he stopped and he said, thanks for seeing me. It was just a really tender moment. I'm like, wow, I saw somebody. I did that. You know, but but that's what's going on here. Jesus is, is, is here and, and he sees her, right? And Jesus is here and he sees you. That's what this passage is about today.
3: And I think if we highlight kind of Jesus's moves, if you will, in this, in this, um, this moment, his response um, is that it's pretty human of him because again, he has kind of a mission that he's moving toward and he feels her, right? Like, like my son kind of pulling on my leg at knots. He feels the pull of her and it was so risky for her to do this for her to get down and just go, I'm going to just risk, out of desperation, just touching the guy. Because I think if I just touched the guy, something, maybe, maybe something would happen. You know, I've heard he's that powerful. I wonder if I could just touch him and he could keep going on his way. But like Bill said, she, she couldn't go unnoticed at that point and he stops and he said, some power's gone out of me. It's like he felt it which is crazy and weird, too, that he could feel that. But he does the opposite of what was expected of him, especially culturally speaking. With all of society kind of looking at him, he does the exact opposite of what maybe we would have expected him to do, which was ignore her, keep moving, disregard her, be disgusted by her is what one commentary says. Instead of being disgusted by her, he stops and he acknowledges her. An idea that I kind of take from the story is that relational touch is really what healed her. It was that he looked her in the eye and he could say, what do you need? And then she goes on to tell him the whole story and that I think is really, really important for us today. Is in some translation it says she told him everything. She told him everything in those few seconds that she had with him. And I think in times where I, uh, in my journey spiritually, especially when I've gotten really stuck, I've been a Christian for most of my life, in and out of you know kind of mega churches, then didn't go to church for a long time, and found myself at City Church. Um, When I felt really stuck, a friend of mine said, why don't you just be honest? Why don't you just kind of tell the whole story of where you're at? Why don't you reach for someone when you're feeling stuck in your faith or as a mom? I feel stuck all the time. I wonder what it would be like, Megan, if you were just honest about that and honest about all kind of the messiness that you're experiencing. Um, like Bill said, I'm, I'm a therapist, and a lot of times I feel really stuck when I'm sitting with people who are in kind of pain, right, I'm supposed to be the expert. And when I'm sitting with couples, there, I work a lot with couples, and when I'm sitting with couples, a huge part or an intervention that we use, a huge aspect of them kind of reconnecting, is a moment when I say, I wonder if you could look at each other and sort of reach for the other because you're experiencing a lot of distress, what would it be like to reach for your partner when you're experiencing so much distress? Right, so this idea of when we are in distress, the act of reaching, even relationally, especially physically, of course, but relationally reaching for someone is so powerful. And I think that is the message that we can take away today is where where have we been hurt in relationships? Maybe it's with, you know, significant others, or maybe it's with parental figures. Maybe it's been in the church that you've been hurt. But it's so poignant to take away that we can also be really healed in relationships as well. And I think that's what the woman really shows us today. So maybe just take a minute with me. I'm gonna get all therapist and experiential on you. Maybe just take a minute. I wonder if you could pause and reflect. What parts of your story need to be shared? In what ways do you maybe need to be relationally touched or healed? Think about that. Just take a second to think about that.
2: So our passage ends uh, with this line: after, after she reaches out, showing her her courage and her faith. Um, then he said to her, verse thirty-eight, "Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace." Jesus gives her that public blessing, that sense like I. See you, I bless you, you matter. He calls her daughter, a word of of belonging and belovedness. And Jesus is here and he looks at you and he says, I see you son, I see you child, I see you daughter. Bless you, bless you. I love you, my son, my daughter. I see you. Your faith is healing you. My child, I see you. You are loved. My son, my son, my daughter, he sees you. He blesses you. He's calling you out today in in whatever way is appropriate for you never to shame, always to be received, and received not only to God, but Jesus does this in front of everyone, to say, no, you are daughter to us. You are beloved to us in community. And Jesus is here blessing. Jesus is here healing you.
3: So we're going to close um, with a story and it's geared towards kiddos. Um, I read it to my boys at bedtime. Um, but we're going to read it today cuz I think it really illustrates this idea um, that there were there's a gentleness and a non-judgmental part of Jesus. And I think I don't know about you but I really needed that today. So I'm going to I'm going to read us a story.
2: Do you want to put the mic on the Yeah, the mic that's that great. Help?
3: And I might do the voices, so just bear with me. It might just sneak out. Okay, this is called The Rabbit Listened by Corey Dorifield. One day, Taylor decided to build something. Something new. Something special.
2: I've got a great view up here, by the way. I'm liking this.
3: Something amazing, Taylor was so proud. But then, out of nowhere, things came crashing down. The chicken was the first to notice. Cluck, cluck, what a shame. I'm sorry, sorry, sorry this happened. Let's talk, talk, talk about it, cluck, cluck. But Taylor didn't feel like talking, so the chicken left. Next came the bear. You, you can imagine what's going to happen. Rah yeah. how horrible. I bet you feel so angry. Rah! let's shout about it but Taylor didn't feel like shouting, so the bear left. The elephant knew just what to do. trump da I can fix this. We just need to remember exactly the way things were. But Taylor didn't want to fix anything, so the elephant also left. and one by one they came. The hyena, hee hee, let's laugh about it. The ostrich, gulp, let's hide and pretend nothing happened. <laughs> the kangaroo, tisk tisk, what a mess, let's throw it all away. And the snake, shh, let's go knock down someone else's. <laughs> all right, he's always a mean guy, the snake. But Taylor didn't feel like doing anything with anybody, so they all left until Taylor was alone. And in the quiet, Taylor didn't even notice the rabbit, but it moved closer and closer until Taylor could feel its warm body. Together, they sat in silence until Taylor said, please stay with me, and the rabbit listened. The rabbit listened as Taylor talked, and the rabbit listened as Taylor shouted, and the rabbit listened as Taylor remembered and laughed, and the rabbit listened to Taylor's plans to hide, to throw everything away, and to ruin things for someone else. And through it all, the rabbit never left. And when the time was right, the rabbit listened to Taylor's plan to build again. I can't wait, Taylor said. It's going to be amazing.
2: Katie White, you going to pray for us.
4: That was such a good story. I feel like we don't need to pray, but. <laughs> <laughs> Mother, Father, God, thank you for your faithful, fierce, guiding love for us. Thank you for the courage of the woman in this story. And thank you, Jesus, for seeing her. Would you give us her courage and her faith and her boldness to come to you for healing, for our wounds and our sadness and our needs, and help us to experience you seeing us, receiving us, and healing us. We pray. Mother, Father, God, that you would bring your kingdom to our hearts and to our families, to our relationships, to this school, to this city, this state, and this country. And God, we do on this day grieve the pain on every side of the war and the violence in Ukraine. And we pray for peace there and for an end to the violence. And Lord, we grieve the divisions in our own country, the brokenness in the political system, the deep pain and wounds of the political fights about abortion, and we grieve the ways that women and our bodies and children are again dehumanized and thrown around. Lord, have mercy on us. We need your healing, your restoration, your reconciliation your spirit to help us forgive and be forgiven, to grow and to love. Hold us close, make us more like you, Jesus, and help us live into being your beloved.